Welcome to Afterthoughts, everybody. This is our Recommend to Refute episode, the episode where we go around and we share either a movie or a TV show that we've seen recently and recommend it or refute it, obviously. So we're going to tell you if you should uh, tune into it, add it to your queue, add it to your watch list, or add it to your do not watch list. Who knows? Uh, it's very important to keep your do not watch list yes. up to date. You don't want to, yeah, <laughs> obviously. You don't um, want to accidentally watch something that you don't want to watch. <laughs> yeah, you got to <laughs> stay away. You got to send the do not watch list uh, as a watch list to your enemies. So <laughs> oh, clearly. there you go. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and uh, that voice you heard, obviously joining me, John Garcia, is uh, Michael Dixon. What's up, guys? Excited to hear what you watched this week. Yeah, excited to talk about it. And uh, Ryan King also joining us. Yeah, I noticed you said movie or TV show, so we could just break the rules. You were like changing the rules. I've been telling you, we don't have rules, okay? <laughs> <We're> Except all... <laughs> that you do have to recommend or refute it. That's that right. Is, oh, that that's is true. the rule. We're all maverick renegades, especially me, because sometimes <laughs> I don't recommend or refute it. <laughs> I do some mishmash. <laughs> I call it recuting. Uh, I don't have to. Let's <laughs> fuck that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll get into it. Um, Ryan, I hear you got something from the world of anime to talk to us about. Yeah. So I will talk about a TV show. Um, I finally got caught up. It's, but it was still like last season. But I, there were two seasons of Mobile Suit Gundam colon The Witch from Mercury. Uh, that is the latest Gundam series. Gundam is. been on and off the air movies, TV shows since fucking 1979, I think. Um, I did previously talk about the last movie of Gundam that came out in the theater. Um, this is so Gundam is either like in its original timeline or it makes up new timelines. And this is one of those where it's like a new timeline. So it's unrelated to everything else. Um, so finishing it up, I wanted to I am going to recommend it. I'll just say that up top. I am a Gundam fanboy in a horrible way but there are Gundam series I'll say not to watch so at least not fully biased um this is a very approachable Gundam um and I I think that's an interesting like that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up is it it does change the formula enough to be something else and also kind of bring in I think a new audience uh the weirdly it has a prologue that's like a separate thing that was only on youtube you don't necessarily need to watch but there is a a prologue that they released on youtube Interesting. but the the premise if you just start the series is this girl is transferring to a school she's from mercury supposedly and uh everyone at this school is either from earth directly or from space Gundam is always about people from Earth and space hating each other. Um, that's kind of the core thing that's in every one of these. Um, and that this school that's like a premier school for students from both of them, the way they resolve literally anything is to have a Gundam fight uh, where you get in your robot. <laughs> you got, yeah, you make a deal, your two robots fight, and Sick. the winner gets whatever they want. Uh, and they, they like it, you know, they're not killing each other. They have to like knock the antenna off of the other one. And that's the, the victory condition though. They fire like, they fire real missiles and lasers and shit at each other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so just put that out the window. The, there is this like conglomerate of corporations that's kind of running everything that you get introduced to. And our other main character, she's the daughter of the president of this horrible conglomerate of corporations. 
And he has set up this deal that if he, he like assigns someone to be her fiance, and if you ever beat them in a gun to battle, you become the new fiance until somebody beats you in a gun to battle. And that's how it works. Wait, do they ever get married? You can uh, just by the only end of the series, we kind of status out. until somebody else knocks you off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Right. whenever whoever currently has the title when she turns seventeen is then it's like finalized. Oh, creepy. <laughs> 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 well, at least they're also like of the same age. There, there's not like oh, it's not like twenty okay. year old dudes. Yeah, it's just other <laughs> students. Yeah, it's only open to other students of the school. Leo DiCaprio has entered the chat. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but this is his way of like trying to get a a new partnership because each of the students at these schools are related to some family that's part of one of these corporations that are like you know the family business of building death machines, political um, marriage. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and all of this stuff has kind of come around to like create this status quo uh where these machines aren't really used even though they're created and that this is going to keep war off the first season is really just at the school and that's it took me a bit to kind of get like to gel with it because i kind of want my you know soap opera war people dying in my gundam and it took me a while to like kind of get to the like no we're just at school the main character is very much a fish out of water. She's really just like not been around humans. She doesn't know things. She's trying to just kind of like be a student at school, but she keeps getting dragged in because she has no idea what's going on and wins the, her first Gundam fight and becomes the fiance <laughs> okay. unknowingly. Uh, and then she's like, oh, I like she wants to uphold it. Like she thinks like, hey, I did it. Like I should uphold it. And she kind of keeps doing it while her and the and the other girl kind of like seem to start to bond more and maybe fall in love like kind of as it goes on um and so she's really trying to defend it and she's like winning battle after battle and pissing off all these other families by the end of the first season and the last episode of the first season was when i got like fucking hooked because it takes a hard turn at the end of it and finally goes into like open conflict earth versus space the corporations are all starting to fucking fight each other over like who's going to control the more powerful robots. Uh, and the second season is where it kind of just all opens up and we have all of these like, you know, treaties being broken and people sabotaging each other and all the stuff that you would expect. Um, but yeah, since it's like only two seasons, you don't really have to know anything else coming into it. It does for an anime fan, this, the school parts and all hit all of the things you would expect from a modern anime. Um, while like sprinkling in some robots so that by the time you get to the second part and you get into the more gun to me, you're like invested in the characters and everything um, and all the twists and turns that happen. Mm. So I, I, I think that it's it took me a bit to gel with it as a Gundam fan, but I know that most people that watched it were pretty into it from the get go. Um, and I didn't I, like I kept watching it and I liked it. I just was like, when are the robots going to shoot each other the way I want them to? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it took a while to get there. Gundam has had like ups and downs. And I would say right now it's in a pretty big upswing. Um, the last couple shows that they put out have been really good. Uh, Iron Blooded Orphans was the last one. And it was that one was all what I wanted. That was grueling robot on robot horrible orphan death action that i expected <laughs> robot orphans <laughs> are dying orphan slaughter or- each orphans, other yeah, after orphans wave. Slaughter everywhere yeah the, the in that one the what Gundams happened to the robot's by, parents 
Yes. <laughs> they were shot in an alley by other robots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Crime robot uh, alley. <laughs> in that one, the Gundams are powered not by the souls of orphans, but literally orphans that have been augmented to fit into the machines. That's so fucked. kind of yeah. <laughs> got fucked up. Um, and then I would say between it, the other thing is like Gundam is also a lot about building the Gundam kits. Like I think the money really comes in from the toys for this franchise. Mm -hmm. And they've also had a a huge boom, especially with the new, the new designs, the new kits that they've been working on. So it really is like a peak time to get into Gundam. If someone's like, eh, you know, kind of maybe I'm into robots or maybe I've heard about Gundam and I want to watch. I'd be like, this is a pretty good one to get into and it's low entry without feeling like, because if you start with the original timeline stuff, there is a good entry point, but then you're left with like, oh my God, there's so many things to potentially consume here. Do I need to watch any of these or not? Like, here's a good, like, just come in, watch it. You're good. You're out. Ryan, can you tell us about your Gundam toy collection? Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I have, let's see, like right up here, I have, I have five that are to the left of me that I need to build. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have two that are active <laughs> and then I have a shelf of like a whole chunk of them. Uh, and this started, oh my God, maybe 15 years ago. How Actually probably further back. Cause <laughs> yeah, I know I watched, I watched Gundam wing when it was on, um, adult swim and that was oh, definitely yeah. the first like entry point. And I did buy a kit back then, but I kind of shittily put it together because like anyone that buys like a model car kit, you have no fucking clue what you're doing and <laughs> the glue gets everywhere or whatever. One thing that's nice about Gundams is there's no glue. They like it's, it's and... actually, yeah, it all snaps off. I just didn't know how to cut anything. So it had a lot of crap that I didn't cut off properly. Um, and then I, I put it down for a while, but yeah, probably about 15 years ago, I was like, I want to start putting things on my desk. And so I just started building Gundams to put on my desk and now they cover shelves and desks and all other kind of crap. In terms of like a property that has a commercial presence where like, you know, Marvel movies generate, oh, you can buy your Ant-Man and the Wasp collectible figures. And it's like, oh, fucking great. I get like a mini Paul Rudd to stand on my desk or some shit. (laughs) Um, I I feel like Gundam has an interesting, it presents an interesting uh, hobby, basically. Like you can get into the different shows that all present different political dramas. Like I was asking Ryan for a recommendation some months ago of what to watch. And I think you recommend, was it Gundam origin? The origin Um, is a good, like strictly political and it gives you everything for like the original timeline. Yeah. Like the original seventies Gundam has, you know, good guy, bad guy, big robot smash. There's like a political drama still going on in it, but it's also like harder to digest now. Whereas I feel like they are having a Renaissance where they're realizing for some of the, they need to make more accessible versions of it like this and Gundam origin where you get to know the characters a lot more. And in the background, there's like the big fucking Lockheed Martin esque motherfuckers <laughs> <who are> making <laughs> giant robots and like slaughtering They're they're staging coups and there's all this other shit that's going on. And it has kind of that same political intrigue of like a sort of like game of Thrones thing, just houses of families fighting um, in right. space and like science fiction. So it gives you that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to check. I would be curious to check this one out. It sounds like it takes a lot slower pace approaching. Like, here's how you get to know the characters. Gundam Origin gets into it immediately. There's like a coup and an assassination yeah, and all this other yeah. shit that <laughs> is fucked up and happens. But like the robots still aren't there. They're peppered throughout. Um, and then if you end up liking it and you're like, I want something for my desk, you have to like build the thing for your desk. It's like getting into Legos in a way where you're like, I got to build whatever's going to be displayed. Like, all right, well, I put the effort into it. That's cool. As opposed to, you know, buy a Trolls doll or buy Paul Rudd. Yeah. And 
Um, put them somewhere. Funko Pops. Like, fuck that shit. I do not understand Funko Pops. What the <laughs> fuck is the point of that? It's just so that you can have all these different... I think it's like a Beanie Baby thing, isn't it? They Where have tiny like, bodies yeah, and massive heads. That's right. Uh, Humanity has always been fascinated with massive heads and <laughs> tiny bodies ever since DK mode was a thing. Like, yeah. they're just plastic, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't get there's, it. There's nothing. They're not posable. There's nothing extra. It yeah. literally just says, this is what I like, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. With the with the Gundam kits, uh Gunpla as they're called, um you you have like there's different grades and there are really simple ones where it's like you put it together and it poses a little bit and that's it. Yeah. Uh and then there are ones that are like really expensive on the high end. Uh and I have a couple of these and I only built the first one like 2 years ago. But they're like pretty big in size and they have like complete inner working skeletons and like metal parts and you can like it's kind of like a with the car you like open up the engine, you can see all the shit inside. It has like LEDs that go off and glow and like it can get really complicated. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all of them like function. And it actually like what I have appreciated of doing it over the years is like their technology just keeps getting better and better. And so like kind of every new kit I build, I'm like, oh, fuck, how the fuck does this work? So my little <laughs> engineering mind gets excited. I'm fascinated by those kinds of smaller models, although I don't know that I'd get into it. I, I used to build a few, but yeah. For the uh, yeah. video version of this podcast that doesn't exist, can you show us what these things look like? <laughs> yeah, uh, here, actually, let's see. I yeah. have them all like on this shelf up there. We're gonna post That's it to like the what Discord. This whole shelf if you're in the Discord, yeah. you'll see <laughs> Ryan's collection. Yeah. That whole shelf is just Gundams and one chess set that I need to move. Um, but yeah. is, is it a like, chess set of, of Gundams? Gundams? Yeah. <laughs> no, weirdly, it's a chess set of Harry Potter. Chess set of orphans. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ryan is very far away from the microphone now. Here he comes. Yeah, that guy's like over a foot, right? He's bigger than my. He's bigger than my fucking head. Does he make noises for the podcast listeners? It, yeah. yeah, no. Damn it. I, Somehow he has LEDs, but I don't know if I can turn them on right now. There's no, no noise. Fucking killed the batteries. Well, here. you know, uh, Ryan, have you seen those? Um, this is. Uh, we're gonna cut this part, but have you seen those uh, <laughs> fucking crazy models they make for Transformers, where it's like eight hundred dollars for an Optimus Prime yeah. that transforms and walks around? Dear God. <laughs> yeah, they have one that like auto transforms for you, like you push a button. Yeah, you're so. Now, fucking and I will lazy. say, like, as a kid. <laughs> As a kid, like the only fucking toy I wanted was Transformers, so it's kind of like unsurprising I've moved to like grown-up Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> are they grown-up? Tra- are they are these really for grown-ups, Ryan? Well, yeah. Oh, dude. Against yeah. the backdrop of political intrigue and espionage, I suppose. <laughs> one yeah, could right. Argue. <laughs> I, th- there, I have a couple kits. I do have a Metal Gear kit up here too. Um, that are like two hundred bucks, Jesus, or more. <laughs> So yeah, I don't think kids are just like getting those. Those are those like <laughs> those high end transformers that do that same shit. Um, and then the fact they have like electronic parts and like all these little tiny fucking things that you can yeah. easily break. Also, these aren't um, for play; they're for display. <laughs> yes, yeah, these are for. No, I that's fuck with them all the, the time. I think that's what's great is like I pose them into little wars or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken them out of their original packaging. Oh my god, it's yeah. ruined the value. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, nice. Uh, so you would recommend this. You said at the top, uh, it's a good accessible. Um, yeah, I think it's a good entry point. Yeah. Entry point to Gundam. Yeah. You hear that, folks? If you're out there looking for science fiction, political intrigue and giant fucking robots that smash each other. Um, this one has a slow burn build up to it, but it's got it. Uh, folks, we've got one going right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here it is. Joining us now, there are giant robots right outside. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, cool. 
Well, uh, Dixon, um, what do you got for us? TV show? Movie? I have a movie that was subsequently turned into a TV show, but I am talking about the 1970 Robert Altman film, M.A.S.H. This is the story of two indispensable military surgeons. They had the army over a barrel. But did they take advantage of it? Yes. M.A.S.H., a motion picture that raises some important moral questions. And then it drops them. What are you two hooligans doing in this hospital? Well, what's the matter with her today? Look, Mother, I want to go to work in one hour. We are the pros from Dover. Somebody get that dirty old man out of this operating theater. And then give me at least one nurse who knows how to work in close without getting her tits in my way. I wonder how a degenerated person like that could have reached a position of responsibility in the Army Medical Corps. He was drafted. So... MASH is, I, I have, haven't really ever seen the TV show. I know it was this ubiquitous thing that was on the air forever that like everybody has seen, but I, I've never really seen that much of it, just some like little bits here and there. But um, I've been wanting to watch more Robert Altman films. I've seen a handful of them. Um, I've seen The Player and um, a, a few others. Uh, and I, I was wanting to go back and, and check out um mash and and uh, i finally did that over the weekend and it was a fun watch it's you know a, about these uh surgeons um in the korean war who are fairly close to the front lines and spend most of their day working on um you know war trauma victims and stitching them back together and they deal with the trauma that they are going through by just making jokes out of absolutely everything <laughs> just being incredibly irreverent to their superior officers and um it, it's really funny and and uh donald sutherland and elliot gould play the main characters uh they also have uh robert duvall bud court tom skerritt uh, it's a it's a pretty stacked cast donald sutherland plays hawkeye pierce elliot gould is trapper john tom skerritt is duke forest just incredible names um and they are uh just kind of having a ball on the front lines of the korean war and um it kind of it, it's interesting like it's a very funny movie but it also seems to be kind of indirectly criticizing the war this came out you know during the vietnam war about the korean war and it feels like Altman kind of trying to draw some parallels there and trying to say, hey, like, you know, both of these wars were kind of stupid and didn't solve anything. And, um, you know, the to the point where, like, he's not even showing the war itself, right? He's just showing the crazy antics of these surgeons behind the scenes. Um, but it, it's, it's a really fun watch. Sutherland and Gould and Skerritt are just hilarious kind of playing off each other and just pranking everybody around them um they you know th there's some stuff in it that doesn't really hold up today they are um pretty shitty towards some of their female colleagues um you know that kind of gets chalked up to it's dudes in war and there's women so you know that's their only sexual outlet um one of the women, uh, Major Hot Lips, is there. Uh, <laughs> yes, Hot Lips O'Houlihan is is there, like the head nurse. The surgeons are captains, and she's a major, and um, which is interesting that she's a nurse and their surgeons. She outranks them, but um, you know, so you can kind of chalk up some of the stuff they do to her as their general hatred of all their superiors, and they kind of have a very, um, you know, they they view all their superior officers as just being 
complete idiots who have no idea what they're doing and they treat them as such with no respect whatsoever and, and for the most part this stuff is really funny and it works there are some uncomfortable moments with some of the female characters that you know you kind of just gotta get through but for the most part the movie is pretty fucking funny um i always really enjoy elliot gould like he's not in that many things he's been in some other altman films the long goodbye and some other stuff but um supposedly he was just awful to work with and kind of fell out of favor in the mid to late 70s and just wasn't in as many things at that point but uh he's great in this just the two of them playing off each other him and sutherland is just making fun of everyone around them and like not taking anything seriously cracking jokes during surgery um is all pretty great there's a section where they just decide to like go to japan and play golf and like nobody can really do anything about it because like they have to have surgeons right like and they have a shortage of them so they kind of realize that they have all the power in the world to just kind of do whatever they want to and it's a, just a very irreverent comedy that is kind of just like a big middle finger to authority and the army and the government and i had a, a pretty good time with it does it have any so as like a comedy i remember i watched the show and it's got i think some of the same um like obviously has some of the same themes there's comedy in it it's very much like a you know, uh, Hawkeye just constantly giving le levity Hawkeye played by Alan Alda in the show. Mm. Um, but, uh, are there moments of, uh, like actual drama in it or is it all comedy no. all the time? <laughs> it's pretty much just comedy. Like there are upsetting looking scenes of surgery that mm. you're like, Oh wow. And that's kind of bringing you into, Oh yeah, we're war surgeons and there's terrible shit going on but the dialogue on top of it is so light and funny that it's it's a weird dissonance when you're when you're watching those scenes but when you're not in a surgical scene like that you almost forget it's like a, a war movie because mm. it's just kind of like dudes fucking around in like a fratty kind of way yeah. like college kids <laughs> but they're you know in their late thirties at, you know, their professional surgeons, but they seem to have never grown up. Yeah. And honestly, the TV show is a lot of that, right? It was a major like primetime sitcom that everybody sat down and watched for a long time. Um, it, in the later few seasons, it had more times that were dark, but it, it did have like one-off episodes where, they were confronted by something really horrible or something horrible happens to a character, but a good chunk of it is pretty much the same shit. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And I've never seen the show. I, I know Altman didn't like the show because he said that it made America used to the idea of forever wars, which I think is, is pretty interesting. Um, but I, I, I know the show is mostly like well thought of, but Ryan, what was your experience with the show? Yeah, I mean, there are more seasons of MASH than there were years of the Korean War. No, oh, yeah. Think they have, I think they have more Christmas episodes than there were Christmases of <laughs> the war. <laughs> like, <laughs> at some point, I think they just realized, like, let's stop pretending there's holidays so that this can just fit in any time. Um, the, it is interesting that the difference in the two of them, which I think the Suicide is Painless song that's in the movie is mm -hmm. and there's that whole plot of like pretending that guy's dead um in the tv show that's the theme song but they don't sing the words because that oh, would yeah. be fucked up on television um but then it's weird because it's like 
but that's acknowledging it in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the show is that where it's just taking like a bit and, you know, kind of having an A plot, B plot, kind of like regular sitcom kind of thing. And it will be like and the ones that always stand out to me that I like still reference. There's like that make fun of like the system. I think those are some of the best ones. And the movie also kind of does that, right? Sort of like the war is stupid. This whole thing is stupid. Like we're just going to make the best of what it is. We don't really want to be here. Um, But when it comes to it, they buckle down, they do their surgery and then they immediately are fucking joking or they're even joking during the surgery. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, one of one of the episodes they're trying to get, uh, I can't remember what, something they actually fucking need, but the Mm -hmm. bureaucracy is like preventing them from ordering it. And so they figure out like, you can just take the, the pizza oven form and cross out pizza oven. Cause you can get as many pizza ovens as you want, (laughs) put in what they actually need (laughs) to get it sent over. So just stupid shit like that. And it's like funny, but at the same time you're like, Oh, this is a commentary though. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I want to check out a few episodes of the show to just kind of get a feel for it and see how it compares to the movie the the movie is like it's just so off the wall and it's like there's not a lot of you know there's not really any character development there's not really any plot it just is what it is like it's kind of a it feels like an altman-y thing like nashville you know kind of where you have all these characters doing this stuff but it doesn't really come together or tell a story it's more of a vibe and um like the end of mash the movie turns into a fucking sports movie with like a football game with a, a like a rival platoon like it's just <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous it's like they're trying to bring in a ringer to win the game against the other it's like where where is this even going and it but it doesn't matter because you're just laughing and having a good time the whole movie so. that's amazing that in the middle of the korean war story that's uh-huh. like the highest stakes the movie achieves yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, holy shit yeah, that sounds great. I I want to check that out. Um, yeah, having only seen the show and not really. Yeah, I didn't realize for a long time there was a movie before the show because the show just ran all the fucking time on TV land and my dad kept the TV on mm. all the time on that fucking channel. Yeah. She was like, all right, here's this and Green Acres. Is there a Green Acres movie I don't know about? I hope not. <laughs> not not before Green Acres, but oh, after God. Green Acres, yes. Uh, well, yeah, there's a movie after every TV show now. <laughs> yeah, they have to like sort of bring back the characters when they're all way too old and everyone has forgotten about the show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, well, cool. That's a recommend for MASH. Yes, definitely recommend checking out MASH. Again, there's some stuff that's uncomfortable that uh, is, you know, not okay in the way that they're treating some of the female characters so beware um but for the most part i think it's a it's a pretty good time so uh on a scale from one to high plains drifter how uncomfortable are we talking here uh not not high plains drifter (laughs) okay 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 cool (laughs) it is a comedy so i would expect that to be very jarring if it was high Mm -hmm. plains drifter i think it's the same with the tv show there is that a little bit more of like of the era a little bit less of like okay wow that's too much (laughs) yeah it's just like the, the the female character that gets it the worst is a major and she's just like gets real horny about like keeping order. And so they're just like, fuck you. And just like really, you know, uh, take a lot of their frustration with bureaucracy out on her and mm. Robert Duvall, who are like having an affair because they're the two people who like think that everybody else is uh, is stupid and doesn't care enough and isn't you know, are committed to law and order to the same degree that they are. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. It's, 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 it's worth watching. Gotcha. 
Um, well, I guess that brings it to me. Uh, I'm bringing a TV show. I'm bringing an anime. So we have two animes on this. Uh, oh my this God. Recommend. Slowly we'll take Although over. Although mine, <laughs> mine has a certain technicality to it. Um, I am bringing the TV show Shin-Chan. From the mind of Japan comes a show too shocking for American television. You want shock? I'll shock you full of shock. A show that is too raw, too real, too totally wrong in every regard. I hate you! All men are bastards! With way more ass than we're comfortable airing before midnight. That's why it's on at 12.30. It's gonna be shocking! Shin-Chan, Monday through every shocking Thursday. Where else but Adult Swim? <laughs> Uh, which is also known as crayon, sh- crayon Shin-Chan. How do you say crayon? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Crayon. Or in Japanese, Kureon Shin-Chan. And uh, it's like is this, a is this made by the Crayola company? It is not, um, but it has that name because I think Shin-Chan uh, as a character in an anime in Japan um, is like a children's show, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to just yeah, go it's like, for memory. Yeah, uh, it's like a kid's show. It ran a, a long it's like it's a still comic in a show and ran for like a long fucking time. Or, yeah, I, mean, like I think they edited movies being new. made recently and everything. Yeah, some um, new stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's basically just about a, a young boy and his family living their life. But where things get kind of more interesting um, in this show is they adapted it. They did a dub in the early two or like the late early aughts, whatever, 2006, um, where they were or Funimation was like. There are so many Japanese specific cultural things in this. We cannot dub this into English and have um, like anybody really resonate with it or yeah. understand it unless they're like a really major weeb about it. Like they're really into <laughs> they're an otaku of America and they they're really into that Japanese culture stuff. Um, so they were like, just fuck it. Uh, we're going to hire some writers um, we're going to have them watch these episodes and reverse engineer certain scenes and make subplots that happen in the English dub that don't happen in the Japanese dub. Um, and so every episode of Shin Chan, uh, they, there is like a, an overall timeline of it. It's only three seasons long and it's a really good light watch. It's really fun, very offensive. Uh, the art hey. style <laughs> and animation is very off putting initially. Like everybody has, um, like really janky looking faces. Uh, there's, it looks like it's drawn by a child. It's got like a crayon sort okay. of inspi- inspiration. Um, the writing is so dark and there's so much like mature theme set against what is supposed to be a children's show that it creates this brain breaking contrast where uh, characters will offhandedly reference things like the kids are really precocious. They're sort of, um, think about like a South Park style humor. Uh, there's sort of Shin is the main character of of the story. Most of the stories, sometimes they focus on his father, Hiro, or his mother, Mitzi. Uh, but overall, like in any one episode, there's usually sort of a goofy plot line of, oh, uh, Shin is trying to play at his school and somebody's hogging, you know, the playscape or whatever. Or he has, to, but usually it ends up being more crude. Like the first episode, he... He goes on a pee strike because his mom won't give him money for something. So he's just like, I'm on strike. I'm not peeing for like this many hours. And oh, then it man, becomes that this sounds kind of, way worse for him than for his mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it becomes like this whole gag of that. But uh, there are characters that just reference like there's a character at his school named Georgie. He's like five. And Georgie is 
the biggest fucking Reaganite of his school <laughs> who just talks about how great, like at times he'll, he'll mention things. Um, they're trying to like the kids will scheme on trying to get candy bars from people and like trick people into doing certain things. And Georgie's always like, whatever happened to law and order? And he's like in the background talking about how like, yeah, this is the tactic that uh, Dick Cheney used whenever this did this. And like, he's making those kinds of references in the middle of a children's subplot. And uh, it creates really fun levity and really fucking dark shit. Like <laughs> it'll just take really crazy turns, but there's also like fever dream logic to it as well. Um, there's a family that abuses stuffed animal bunnies exclusively <laughs> and they spin off this whole plot about how like it's a cycle of abuse that I guess the mom inherited because the husband is never home, but whenever he is, he drinks and he's angry. And they somehow make that so darkly absurd that it becomes funny and the bunnies come to life and like punish the abusers. And it's just like, what the fuck is the show? What the fuck is happening at any one point in time? They go into these other weird territories where they do Star Wars parodies and this other shit. Um, but it's like, you don't have to really follow it fully to get like continuity. You can jump in anywhere and probably have a pretty good time watching it. And after like a rough day at work, just watching something that is joke after joke after joke um that's like dark humor or just really crude uh yeah. it's it's a great break for your brain um once you get past the art style it really you it's just endearing in a way um there is one other anime and ryan i'm sure you know uh that's ghost stories that's like infamous for yeah, being i was gonna mention that untranslatable in a way or just like they didn't give a shit about actually dubbing it into english so they just sold the rights to some other writing studio and let some people write really offensive shit into it i like chen chan more than that yeah yeah ghost stories is fucking nuts in the the way that like you see an anime and you flippantly with your friends dub it um Hmm. and you don't really care about continuity because it doesn't fucking matter to you but chen chan tries to care about continuity and pulls together characters that slowly win you over and become your favorites and like the ensemble cast becomes the focus. Um, whereas in ghost stories, it's really more who's going to say these jokes at this point. In time how to and, say the weirdest possible thing at that moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, I don't resonate as much with ghost stories. I had somebody tell me like I was wrong for making that a certain assessment and that's their opinion. Sure. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a sucker for a kid who makes uh, endorsements of George Bush in a way that's very on the nose, like satire. <laughs> and it, it's very, it's a little dated now, obviously, but uh, it'll never not be funny to me. So that's funny. It, so this was animated as a kid show in Japan and then redubbed in America. Yes, but there is yeah. a scene of stuffed, abused bunnies coming back to life and murdering people. Yes, and that was animated for a kid show. I would say it's more of like as a kid show. Okay, I can contextualize it and make it make sense. I suppose. Think about Toy Story when you like see toy story as a kid you're like my toys come to life at night and like Mm. that whole sequence in sid's closet where the fucking toys are nightmare fuel um it's kind of like that where it's like hey you know you might take your frustration out on these bunnies but just be more respectful to them because in the story context i'm assuming in the japanese version the bunny is intimidating it doesn't kill anybody in the the other one but like he's talking about like how he's been abused to the family in the english dub 
he's a very aggressive stand-in for the abusive father. And he's like watching TV and the little girl finds him and he's like, go get me a carrot juice. Like you fucking bitch. And <laughs> she's like, what, what, what? He's like, yeah, you, you fucking punch on me all the time and you pull my ears. You know how valuable bunny's ears are. They're like tits on a cheerleader. And like, <laughs> it's just like that offensive kind of like off the wall shit that probably isn't in the Japanese. It's probably more like you need to respect me more. And I, I don't know. There's yeah. some kind of bit, bit to it that'll be probably more dignified. <laughs> yeah. It well, I think it's because it's a kids show that it has a lot more, and it's from a kid's point of view in the original yeah. show. It has a lot more sort of just fantastical weird, elements, fantastical elements you can pull together. I don't know because I haven't watched any of the original. If they do some like selective editing too, I'm assuming there's at least some. They do, um, but th- but they may pull things from like other episodes to kind of like pad out whatever thing they want to go for. Yeah. Um, it ghost stories is just strictly like dubbed over and yeah. And then just like trying to be as crass as possible. Mm -hmm. There is a certain care to Shin Chan. That's kind of weird for like care to create something that's complete bastardization of the original. Yeah. Um, there definitely is a, a, in the early late nineties and early two thousands, there are a number of things that came out where either they got, the rights but not a translation or they got all of it cheap and had no idea how to fucking make it work and just made it up Mm -hmm. um like mighty morphing power rangers is a good example of where they got the original japanese footage added their own footage and just merged them into a whole new thing that is (laughs) like nothing like the original thing yeah um Samurai Pizza Cats is a good like comical example where (laughs) yes uh it was they use this show to make fun of like Ninja Turtles, right? And mm. but uh, the in the American version, they didn't get a translation, and they didn't have the money to translate it. So they just had episodes, and they just made it up of like, okay, these are what the characters' names are, and this is what the relations are. And then later on, when things would like conflict that, they would just have to fucking make it up around that part too. Uh, and it's just a ton of like bad puns like they just padded it out with like all these bad puns when in doubt but they're kind of like interesting little tidbits at the time of this like early trying to figure out how to make it It, it, amazingly i'm like you know you say oh you couldn't watch shin chan because who would get all these japanese references but i'd be like now you could totally play that and there's a huge audience in america that will totally get all those references like how much things have changed yeah uh, I think it reflects like the culture has become a lot more uh, in the industry too. There's enough of a presence and a, an appetite for anime that's been faithfully adapted and has, I mean, there was a whole controversy about Netflix bringing uh, neon Genesis because like the translation they used was a little bit different than this other thing. And it actually got like a number of headlines and people debating about whether or not it was really a big deal uh, more so than I've seen before. Other things that like Netflix is like, Hey, we have this now. Here you go. That kind of thing. But um, I guess it just shows where we've come. Uh, but Shin Chan is, is forever something that like I can put on after a, a hard day and be like, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what my brain needs right now. Uh, it's just mm. a good, fun time. And I don't need to remember where I was and I don't need to remember who's who because they'll say their names and they'll say some funny shit yeah. and it'll be exactly what I needed. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I believe that that brings this episode to a close. I'm recommending Shin Chan. Uh, check it out if you want to. Just know the art style is going to put you off immediately, probably. If you are if you go look up a, an image of it, you'll be like, ah. Um, but maybe give it an episode. 
see if it resonates with your dark sense of humor. If not, then eh, it wasn't for you, but I would say worth a try. It sounds fun. It kind of, the way you're talking about it, it sounds like a cross between like early South Park and moral oral. Yeah. There's a bit of that. I could definitely see. Um, so yeah. Like uh, making something really dark out of a child, like animation style. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you think of some of those South Park episodes where they do have like regular show plots, but it gets really weird. Like when mm. they go to the little league baseball, <laughs> oh, yeah. like world series or whatever, where it is just like a regular kid plot, but they invert it in some weird way. Like Shin Chan's a lot more like that. Yeah. And it so. would be exactly if they had a baseball episode, it would be Shin's trying to fucking throw the game or something. <laughs> it's like the opposite of whatever it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, yeah, that's a, a recommend from Ryan for uh, Gundam, the witch from Mercury. Is that what it is? Yep. Okay, nice. Is she a witch? I don't think I asked you that. Is that yeah, an actual thing? Yeah, you know, this is like one of those anime things where like <laughs> the the women that pilot Gundams are called witches for some reason. It's never fucking explained. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. All right. Recommendation for Gundam, the witch from Mercury. Uh, a recommendation from Dixon for MASH, the movie. And uh, you'll report back when you watch MASH, the TV show, and let, let us know what you think. Uh, I'm not going to watch all of MASH, the TV show. I mean, when you show, watch some of it, I'll, like, I'll give try some to check out a couple episodes, yeah, see how not? it goes. Um, I like Alan Alda. Yeah. Yeah. I like him too. Jump into uh, like uh, season three or something. Oh, nice. If you start with like the first couple episodes, you're going to be like, nah. oh, yeah. It's probably <laughs> it pretty rough, a, them trying to find their yeah, way. They haven't figured out who the characters are yet until like a few seasons in. Gotcha. I feel like Robert Altman kind of already figured it out who the characters are. They could have just gone off that. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, like Hawkeye's good from the get go. Like, honestly, like Hawkeye and Trapper like work f- from right off the bat. It's the other mm-hmm. new and like Hot Lips and like, but it's the other new people that they add in. That's like, where do they fit? And, and also like, what's the dynamic of this show that we have to reset at the end of every episode? Versus like a movie. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, there you have it. And a recommend for me for Shin Chan. Uh, that'll bring this episode to a close. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I have been your host, John Garcia, with me. Ryan King. Dude, it's like when you're doing a spinoff on anime. We said it, we joked about it. <laughs> but it happened. It came We're through. getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, and Michael Dixon, thanks for putting up with our anime. hey there movie buffs tv toughs and all listeners in between john here from the afterthoughts podcast i just wanted to drop in at the end of this episode and say thanks for listening if you've got afterthoughts of your own to share hit us up You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheAfterPod, or jump into a conversation on our Discord server. You can find info for this and more at theafterpod.transistor.fm. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.